0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of Scrap Game News, where life is a scrap, but we built to go 15 rounds in this motherfucking fight, you dig? I'm your host, the infamous survivor Miss Knuckle, the lowlife, aka Smokey the Bear, aka none other than the great motherfucking night turner, you dig? So stay allergic to the bullshit, keep the squares out your circle. And in the immortal words of Mills Lane. Let's get it on. Hey, I'd like to say what's up to all the Scrap Game News podcast listeners. How y'all doing out there? Um, This is episode two. Subscribe Game News, and um, before we get started, I would like to uh, send my condolences to the family of Kobe Bryant, Gianna Bryant, and the seven others that lost their life last weekend. It's a uh, it's been a sad time in the NBA. Because I know um, a lot of players, young, a lot of younger players, they were influenced by Kobe. Kobe was basically their Michael, you know, the younger generation's Michael Jordan. You know what I mean? And so, um, you know, it's been a tough time, you know. Now, I know that we talk combat sports and all of that shit, you know what I'm saying? But uh, bottom line, Kobe was a game dog. You understand what I'm saying? He was a game dog. Um, he never backed down. He always accepted challenges on the court. This is, you know, what i what I seen myself, you know. Now, me being a Laker fan, you know, I'm not a bandwagon or none of that. You know, uh, I started fucking with the Lakers, I would say, somewhere back in second grade, you dig? Um. When Norm Nixon was running the point, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I had a friend, and we would be on the court, you know, and he would throw sky hooks, and he'd always be like, uh, Abdul-Jabbar. So, you know, I kind of started fucking with him because of Kareem. And then, you know, I went through the Magic years, of course, man. You know what I'm saying? Magic is my favorite Laker, you know what I'm saying, because Magic brought that showtime you know what I mean? And, um, you know, so. And then as I got older, you know what I'm saying? I had those uh, Converse weapons, you know, the purple and gold, Converse, you know, the magics, you know, trying to throw no-look passes on the court. You know. And, um, of course, the championship runs and all of that. you know, in junior high school, I remember we would break up and and, uh, we would have like a club date, you know what I'm saying, and of course it'd be like chess club art club sports club, you know so I was in the sports club so then I wrote a letter to uh, the LA Lakers and of course they sent me a team photo and (laughs) <laughs> um, you know, a team ladder And stuff like that So, you know, I've been a Laker fan for a long time But anyway, when Kobe came in You know what I'm saying I just kind of was like Who is you know who is this motherfucker, man You know uh, Who's this nigga trying to be Michael Jordan You know what I'm saying So I really wasn't necessarily a fan But you could see that Kobe, you know, he had that confidence. He had that it factor. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh he was unbothered. He was unwavering. You know, now it was a learning process for him. <clears throat> but, you know, the young man was unbothered by it. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, man, he grew into becoming, you know, a legendary, legendary player. You know what I'm saying? Now, uh, you know, him and Shaq, of course, joined up. I think it took almost like three years before Phil Jackson got there and put everything in check and, you know, got everything going. But then, you know, it was that chin, it was them chip runs, you know? And, of course, like with every successful team, man, you know, uh, shit happens. You know what I'm saying? But the thing about it is, man, the, when the Lakers split up, you know what I'm saying? Shaq took off, Kobe stayed. I blame the breakup on coke, not knowing a motherfucking thing, you know, they don't know the internals, you know, or none of that shit, so, I just was like, shit, I was upset, you know what I'm saying, Shot gone to Miami, hey man, you know, and, and, and here it is, we missing out on another three or four rings, you know what I mean, so, I was upset about that shit, man, but the one thing, Um, you know that you always heard was about Kobe's work ethic Um, and of course it showed on the court the man was a true dog out there man you know and uh, he got after it you know he wasn't a a wasted talent you know what I'm saying yeah he had the god given attributes but you know he he worked his ass off and as I said you know it, it showed on the court man You know what I'm saying? So, of course, when Kobe began to make his run where the Lakers was was his team, you know what I'm saying? I had to to sit back and really respect it. You know what I mean? So, I don't know if I necessarily appreciated Kobe enough when he was around. You know what I'm saying? But uh, you know for a fact, man, that, hey, you know, Kobe Bryant uh, is, 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 is in the infamy. You know, he's legendary status now. You know, he hangs with the basketball gods. You know, it's unfortunate that his daughter was so young and the young ladies that, that passed away and the baby, you know, they they didn't get to see a life, you know. With Kobe, we almost watched him grow up as far as far as far as basketball goes, you know. We've seen his ups and downs, and, you know, so right now, I would just like to say rest in peace to Kobe Bryant, along with his daughter Gianna, along with the seven others that lost their lives in that uh, helicopter crash. So, dig. At uh, the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, motherfucking New York. Uh, former two division world titles Philly native uh, Danny Garcia uh, fought an elimination, uh, an elimination match with Ivan Red 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 Koch or something like that, Red Cop. Um, Fights out of L.A. by the way, you know the Ukraine Ukrainian fighter, but you out of, out of L.A. But anyway, they fought a uh, elimination bout in which uh, man Danny Garcia, you know, he was he was too much for the for the young Ivan. You know what I'm saying? You could tell at the beginning of the fight, Danny kind of started off a little slow. And I think it was because he had to lose, I believe it was 25 pounds in eight weeks. So, I mean, you know, he had fast look like himself, but, um, you know, I'm sure he would have been in better shape if he was facing, I believe he was supposed to face Earl Spence, but, you know, uh, you know, but because Errol had his accident or whatever and everything got postponed, um... Garcia ended up fighting this elimination match. And so, of course, he's he's the mandatory uh number one contender um either for Manny Pacquiao or for Earl Spence, in which from my understanding, them two motherfuckers is in negotiations for the get down. Now I love Manny. But I don't know if Manny should be getting to there with. Errol spitz Jr., you know what I'm saying? And I could be wrong because we don't know, you know, how Errol is gonna be <clears throat> after his accident. So but anyway, you know, Garcia he, he he's in line, you know what I mean? And as I said before, you know, uh, you know, he outpointed an overmatched Ivan uh Redcock and and you know the fight probably should have been stopped. You know, uh, Garcia's father, Angel trains and And Danny is a, a very, very good fighter, you know. <clears throat> and he put himself either, you know, he, he put himself in a position to either face, as I said before, uh, Pac-Man or Errol Spence. <clears throat> you know, and <clears throat> regardless of what people Say about Bud Crawford, Bud Crawford is right there. You know, Terrence is an exceptional champion. He's uh, a, you know, he's unified titles. You know, he's unified titles before and at at a lighter weight. And, you know, we could say all day long that we haven't seen Terrence, you know, fight a legitimate welterweight cause I don't count Jeff Horn <clears throat> I don't count him at all but either way it goes you know the opportunity is not being presented to Bud Crawford either you know being that most of the top welterweights are signed to Al Heyman and PBC Boxing and um you know, Terrence is signed to Bob Arum over at top right. So, I'm sure as soon as the money is right, then the fight will happen. You know what I mean? The fight will definitely happen, man. Um, you know, once again, to me, those are the top two welterweights. Not that Danny Garcia or uh, Sean Porter or Keith Thurman are not in the conversation. But, you know, right now, to me, it's Bud Crawford and it's Errol Spence Jr. You know, and I'm sure Manny Pacquiao got a lot to say about it, too. So, we're not going to knock Manny either. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, Manny, he fought a younger man in Keith Thurman, and, you know, he thoroughly dominated the fight. Thurman had his moments, but... You know, he didn't have shit coming with uh, Pac-Man. And, you know, that's pretty much it. Now, of course, Ivan said he's going to go back to the drawing board and get stronger and, you know, do all of that. So we'll just see. You know, I'm sure it was a valuable lesson taking the ass whooping he took. He might have should have laid down, though. You know what I mean? So that's it on the Garcia Ivan fight. All right, so dig. Um, Andy Ruiz, former heavyweight champion of the world. Uh, he split with his longtime trainer, ro- Robles. I'm um, not really good with names, so you have to excuse me if I said it wrong. But, uh,. Yeah, if you remember Andy Ruiz, um, he was the, the the heavyweight Mexican fighter. Motherfucker had some quick ass hands, good power. Um, because the way his body looked, he looked, you know, he seemed like, you know, he was deceptive. He didn't, you know, motherfuckers didn't really realize how fast he was. So, you know, um, he fought Anthony Joshua. You know what I'm saying, and at first, you know, I think the weekend before Deontay Wilder had came out first round and completely destroyed, one shot, one hit, acquitted. You know what I'm saying. Uh, you know what I'm saying. That slapping <coughs> I forgot. I forgot dude's name, but he slapping. <coughs> <coughs> Excuse me. So, um, this was uh Anthony Joshua's American debut, and you know, as far as American audience seeing him, so you know, live, and uh, you know, he, he fought, he, he fought Andy Ruiz, um, on kind of short notice, and as I said before, you know, Andy just. When you look at him, it don't look like you know he gonna do much of shit. But shit, Andy got the motherfucking hands, you did. But um, Anthony Joshua, you know what I'm saying? He got off. He got off, and I believe he he rocked Andy, or or knocked him down, or he rocked him or something. And you know what I'm saying? And then it just seemed like you know Anthony unloaded. You know what I mean? And uh, he shot his load. You know what I mean? And being a, a, you know, a big fella like he is, um, Anthony Joshua, you know, he was tired, man. And then all of a sudden, you know what I mean? Andy was, being a shorter fighter, was able to step into him, get to him. You know what I'm saying? And, And he lowered the boom on him. You know what I'm saying? And... Anthony Joshua just couldn't, you know, keep his hands up, and and you know, got took out to the water and drowned, you know. But in the return rematch, you know what I'm saying. Um, I think for the first fight, Andy Ruiz was like 268 pounds. You know what I'm saying in the second fight, he shows up at 283 and a half. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, I'm sure, man, hey, you know, the man's life changed becoming the heavyweight champion of the world. You know, he was able to go wherever the fuck he wanted to, eat what he wanted to, party how he wanted to, live how he wanted to, you know. Um, it was life changing. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, From my understanding, Ruiz showed up at the motherfucking fight camp late, you know. Um, He said he thought the extra weight would help him, you know, in that fight. But Joshua really just, you know, threw his jab well and used his range and boxed, you know. Um, It didn't make for a beautiful fight, you know what I'm saying, because Ruiz couldn't get to him. You know, um, me and my homeboys. You know, we argued during the fight because I was like, "He's boxing scared, he fighting scared." You know, and I was like, "Well, what he's doing is boxing smart." You know, if a firefight fight ain't gonna win the fight for you, then you might oughta box. You know what I'm saying? And vice versa. You know, if you trying to box ain't gonna win you the fight. You might ought to go ahead and, uh, you know, make it a, a, a real motherfucking scrap. So, you know, Andy Ruiz, like I said, he ended up um, splitting with his trainer. You know, his trainer said, "What could, you know, what could I do? I tried to be a coach, a teacher, a friend, you know, to the fighter. And, you know, what can I do if, if I'm giving him the instructions and he's not following suit, you know, so, um, Ruiz Senior, who was Andy's father, said it was Al Heyman's decision, you know, and that, you know, Al Heyman decided that they weren't going to go through that again and just wanted to make it a, you know, a clean, a fresh, clean start, you know, with somebody new. So, we'll see what <clears throat> the future holds for broke. You know, Andy Ruiz. Like I said, man, the kid can fight, man. There's no ifs ands or buts about it. The kid can absolutely fight, you know. But it's it's all about being disciplined, uh, being professional. Not that I'm questioning it, because you know. If 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 I had that, you know, you come into new new money, um, and hey man, you know, you young, so you yeah, um, it it just happens that way, you know, but we'll see what happens in the future of you know Andy Ruiz, and also speaking in boxing, you know, um. Lately, you've been hearing a lot of crossover fights for Conor McGregor, you know, that one win and him being such a a mega pay-per-view star, you know, um, I would say third, you know what I'm saying, because you got Floyd, of course, and we'll talk about that after a while, Um, Canelo, you know what I'm saying, but, you know, you got uh, Agent Proper 12, man, and uh, you know that motherfucker, man. Conor, you know, he makes money, but from what I've been hearing, Bob Arum through trying to throw a two fight deal at him, fighting Bud Crawford, um, in the cage as well as in the ring. Um, of course, Money May posted McGregor Mayweather too. Um, after Conor won. Um, from what I've been hearing. Manny Pacquiao been talking about fighting Conor, so you know we'll just have to see what 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 transpires. Okay, so let's jump over to MMA. Um, in the heavyweight division, you had Junior DeSantos, Santos. His return former heavyweight champion of the UFC he fought Curtis Blades, Razor Blades you know what I'm saying they met in Raleigh, North Carolina at the uh, PNC Arena um Blades, you know he had, he's a 13 he was, he's a 13-2 fighter um he's, he's a, a long, rangy um good fighter. He uh, he has a lot of wrestling ability and so, you know, he stayed true to form, looking for takedowns, you know what I mean, against Junior. <coughs> now, he was 0 for 6. So, that means, you know, Junior was defending the takedown pretty well, but as he kept, you know, showing him takedowns, showing him takedowns, showing him takedowns, Junior wasn't looking for punches to be coming, you know, because once again, Blade is known for, for his grappling. He's known for his wrestling. And, uh, you know, as Junior began to, as Junior began to, uh, to look for those takedowns, Blaze would faint, and then he started throwing them, throwing those hands. Now, Junior, DeSantos is known for having knockout power in both hands. Um, like I said, he was a former UFC heavyweight champion. he, uh, <clears throat> you know, he had a, a nice war with Cain Velasquez, you know, so junior is a is a doable fighter, but he has been stopped. I believe in his last two fights. Um, his time frame may be up, but you know only a game dog know when it's his, when it's his when it's his last fight. You know what I'm saying? So as junior began to look for those takedowns and and was successful at stuffing him, um, he was throwing wide rangey shots, throwing uppercuts from way out and got caught with an uppercut and in the mix of getting caught with an uppercut um, Curtis Blaze gained a, a TKO in the second round um, he stunned Junior with an uppercut, rocked him you know what I'm saying, made him cover up you know what I'm saying, <clears throat> made him turn, and then he went on ahead and laid hammers, uh, you know, to Junior, and the fight was stopped, <clears throat> so, you know, uh, Curtis Blaze put himself in position to, uh, to definitely compete for that UFC heavyweight strap, um, and with the, I mean, you know, with the state of the heavyweight division, Stipe Miocic is still out due to an eye injury that he suffered, you know, with Daniel Cormier, the old finger pokes, you know what I'm saying? So he has, uh, you know, his retina had retina operation, and um, you know, Cormier is saying that, hey man, if I can't get Stipe by the summertime, well then man, you know. Um, I might, I might just go ahead and retire. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to give me a scrap by the summer, or else I'm gonna go on and retire. Now, with Cormier retiring, and you know there are monsters in the heavyweight division, and John Jones, Johnny Bones Jones, that is the beast. You know, with Johnny Bones, uh, really knocking off everybody who was ever considered competition to him. Now he has a fight, I believe, February the 8th, against Dominic Rez. Rez brings a lot of skills to, you know, to the cage, you know, but you know, man, Johnny Bones is 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 once again, like I said, he's a beast. And you know, he seems to always come through. So With that being said, if he gets past Reyes, does he he turn and go to the heavyweight division and try to start a dominant reign at heavyweight? I mean, you still have Francis Ngannou. Um, There's another African heavyweight. I can't remember what his name is, but there's another one. And, And he punches just as hard as Ngannou. There's Curtis Blaze. And, you know, there's always the cagey veterans. So, the heavyweight division, you know, it looks to, to, uh, once Stipe, we find out what's going on with him, um, everything will probably take care of itself. You know what I mean? So, Yeah. Okay, so let's talk 250 drunk white boy bar fights. So check it out. I got this partner. You know what I'm saying? We'll call him Randy. Randy is a fucking school principal. You dig? <coughs> or he was, I should say. And... um, you know now Randy is uh, head of maintenance at a at a nice company, and you know just talking to him, I asked him. I said, "Hey man, what made you you know go from being a principal of almost 20 years to you know being head of maintenance?" He said, "Well, man, check it out. but they what they." Got to a point where I was helping more kids than my own. I was just tired. You know, working 16 hours a day. And, shit, it was time for me to do something different. But regardless of all that, you know what I'm saying? Randy's a pretty conservative fella, you know. Um, He played football, you know. So... He's multicultural, you know what I'm saying? (coughs) I had a lot of friends that (coughs) are of melanated descent, you dig? So, you know, for those that don't understand, in other words, he hung out with black people, you know. But Randy, he proceeds to tell me, look here, man, I'm at a motherfucking party, you know what I'm saying? And uh, I'm standing on the the top of steps. And I see my bitch out in the parking lot talking to this dude. He said, now, granted, man, you know, I done knocked a few back, but I ain't just, I ain't just, you know, it ain't that I don't know what I'm doing. I'm faded, but, you know, I know what's going on. But from far away, it looks like my man, Got his hands on my woman. He said, Man, so, you know, I just seen red, man. He said, Man, so I slide on out there, man. You know what I'm saying? He said, I immediately give him the two piece with a soda. You know what I'm saying? Bing, bing. And of course, my chick is screaming and da 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 da. And, you know, the guy laid there, kind of like, You know, what you doing? And I was like, he, he said, I told you son of a bitch, you keep your hands off my woman. And the guy said, I didn't have my hands on your woman, man. You know, he said, bullshit, I seen her hug He said, well, your, your, your chick was out here telling me that I was wrong for not bringing my fiance. You know, and I was just telling her that I was sorry that I didn't bring her. And then here you come. I said, no shit. He said, yeah, man. I said, he just laid there and took it? He said, well, man, he was in the military, you know what I'm saying? And uh, I guess those guys have been taught, hey, you know, if uh, that a situation arises, man, you know, keep your hands off the people. So, of course, everybody apologized and, you know, this, that, and the other. But, you know, for a pretty conservative guy, To uh, put the two-piece with the shoulder on my man. I thought it was funny as hell. You know? Because looking at my man Randy, you would never believe it. You know what I mean? So, yeah. So when it comes to domestic violence, dudes and don'ts, man, you know... Keep your motherfucking hands off people. Unless you know what the fuck going on. Or unless you know. Uh <laughs> unless uh you're pretty sure of it, man. And you know, hey. Then do what you gotta do. But domestic violence don't don't put your hands on people, man, if you don't know the situation. You know what I'm saying? And do be careful. You know what I'm saying? Because uh, you might put your hands on somebody and get you to get hands put on you. You know what I'm saying? And uh, that's the public service announcement, which is domestic violence, do's and don'ts. Okay. So it ain't no chicken fights to report. It ain't no motherfucking dog fights to report. But look, what I'm going to do is give you a little game. You know what I'm saying? Um, When it comes to the dogs, I would say around 1951, after nearly 100 years of breeding game dogs in the United States, the breeding finally reached a peak. Um, A male dog named Bouncer was bred to a female named Bambi by Ed Richardson in Arizona. And it produced a dog named Dabo. Okay. Now Dabo was bred from the core of American bred game dogs, thoroughly tested. Um, you had the English, the Irish, and the Scottish in which they had purebred game dogs you know, and what people started doing is they began to breed the dogs with each other. You understand what I'm saying? And, of course, they began to match into each other to see who had the game as dogs. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> so, um, yeah, his bloodline had been proven. It was proven gameness from, you know, game dogs brought... Here in the mid 1800s, from Europe, as I said, pure families from England, Scotland, and Ireland. Um, some of the early names was like Con Feelys, uh, F. G. Henry, John P. Colby, Bill Shipley down in Texas. Um, so what you know? Um, of course, it, you know it was just it was game dogs. From those three uh countries in Europe, but of course they were spread on the east coast, um, down south. I think Bill Shipley was down in Texas. Um and then I would say, you know, somewhere around nineteen oh eight came Earl Tudor. You know what I'm saying? AKA the Oklahoma motherfucking kid, you know what I'm saying? Hey, man, proven dog, man. You know what I'm saying? For over 67 years, man. You know what I'm saying? And according to Earl Tutor, it was all about the breeding. It was all about breeding the dogs. Now, we mentioned Diabo because most game dogs um, is going to have Diabo somewhere in there. Um, Diabo was bred to a lot of motherfuckers, man, and the dogs that you see today— the game dogs that you see today. Um, you know, a lot of that is is Dabo, you know. And I believe Earl Tudor, after he was like 41 years old or something like that, I think he went to Arizona and he saw Dabo, liked him so much, man, that he brought him home. You know what I'm saying? Now, Earl, I mean, Earl was a... Uh, You know, he 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 fought dogs as well as game roosters. You know what I'm saying? He made his own spears for his roosters out of out of old bed coil springs. Um, He was an original. You know, he was a he was a bootlegger back in those days. His best friend was the sheriff. uh, uh, You know, um, so you know, Earl he had been shot six different times by six different men. Uh, I believe one was his brother-in-law. You know, he couldn't weigh no more than about 117 pounds at his peak, you know. But Earl was really an original dog man, you know. Once he learned how to breed in which he took those dogs from Ireland, England, Scotland, and he began to take maybe Shipley's dogs and breed them into uh, Henry's dogs and or, you know, take Henry and Feely's dogs and breed them into Shipley's dogs, you know, to get the right combination. Like I said, according to Earl Tudor, it was all about breeding, all about breeding, you know what I'm saying, to get what you wanted. And as I said, you know, his dog... Um, Dabo though he did not breed him, um, once he bred him to his own dogs, you know, they they produced Spike and Jeff, and and these are these are world famous dogs, you know what I'm saying? Black Jack, um, you know, these are dogs with 16 wins, seven wins, you know, nine wins, you know, so. Earl died, I believe, in 1977. But, you know, you have to give it to him. Of course, you know, you, you, you recognize and respect the uh, the founders who put it together, you know, and then you respect the one that took it to a whole different height, you know what I'm saying? And like I said, Dog went from everywhere, <clears throat> you know, came to Earl Tudor's farm, um, Don Mayfield all the time, you know, and he said, you know, they would sit back and just listen to stories, man. He would just sit back and listen to Earl. You know, Earl always wanted to look you in your eye. You know, because he said he dealt with a lot of shady people over time. You know what I mean? Who has stole dogs from him, who has stole credit from him, um, knowing that he's their foundation. So... Whenever y'all get the opportunity, you look up Earl Tudor, one of the great dog men of the modern era. Okay. Last but not least, what I want to do is um, send a shout out to. Um, to the West Coast Tribes, you know, with the passing of the late great Nipsey Hussle. Um, even before he passed away, you know, different tribes were coming to the table, you know, discussing some kind of peace thing, you know. And, uh, you know, with him passing, you know, it was, it was nice to see that, like I said, the tribes are coming to the table. Um, There are some ceasefires. They're between different neighborhoods. Um, And the reason I'm shouting out these West Coast tribes is because, you know, uh, a lot of the gang influence do come from L.A. You know what I'm saying? A lot of it from Chicago, a lot of it from L.A. And, um, you know, if you can, if you see these cats sitting at the table, you know, Maybe we can get different blocks, different hoods to sit at the table, you know, and try to reach some type of uh, some type of peace, you know. Um, I'm 46 years old, you know what I'm saying, and you know, gang banging in my city alone has been around since I was in junior high school. You know what I'm saying. I myself was part of a tribe that, you know, I've been around for, I mean, going on almost over 25 years. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not talking about gang members, I'm talking about gang banging. You know, frontlining. You know what I'm saying? And um, it's a lot of frontliners out there. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to the tribe. But. Now that I'm 40, or over 40 years old, you know what I'm saying? I have sons that are 17, going on 18 years old. Um, you know, I wanted to be peaceful for my sons. You know, and in my city, you know, a lot of it is sectioned off because of what happened in the 90s and in some parts of the 2000s, you know. <coughs> so... Like I said, man, um, you know, it it, it, it it does my heart good to see those brothers out there, you know, working on it. You know what I'm saying? At least coming to the table. Now, whether they reach a peace treaty or not, at least they're standing up like men. And, you know, the OGs, you know, are pulling them together and, you know, sitting at the table, man, so... You know, shout out to the uh, East 9... I mean, to the 6-9 East Coast Crips and the 7-6 Kitchen Crips. You know, they reached... Um, they reached a... Uh, you know, a piece... Uh, a ceasefire. You know what I'm saying? And it don't mean that the neighborhoods gotta gotta fuck with each other. You know what I'm saying? Or it don't mean uh, that, okay, it's a ceasefire. Hey, man, I can go over to just, you know, these cats' hoods and, you know, go kick it and this, that, and the other. It just means, you know... Hey, man, if I'm at the chicken spot, man, you at the chicken spot, man, you know what I'm saying, let's go ahead and get us some old chicken, you feel me? So, <clears throat> you know, shout out to the Florence 13 and the 6ix9ine East Coast, you know what I'm saying, for, for sitting down at the table, you know, and hopefully that spreads, like I said, all across America. Hopefully the cats in Chicago see this. Hopefully the cats in New York and New Jersey and Alabama. You know what I'm saying? And all across the nation. Because this gangbang shit is infectious. You know what I'm saying? I don't give a fuck what you're talking about. It's it's infectious. I've watched it. You know what I'm saying? i watched it grow. Now, a lot of it nowadays is super watered down. You know? And uh, it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? But nevertheless, you know... To all the OGs, you know what I'm saying? You are the water to the seeds that become roses. You understand? And and it's a beautiful thing if you're out there working with the youth, trying to get them to come together. Remember, to all the OGs, you are the water to the seeds that become roses. You know what I'm saying? This is always brought to you by the Homeboy Sports Network. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's also brought to you by Melanated Merchandise. Holla at the motherfucking dirt bag. You know what I'm saying? And I appreciate y'all fucking with me. You know what I'm saying? Stay allergic to the bullshit. Keep the squares out your motherfucking circle. You understand me? Just grab game news. We over and out. Peace, love, and hair grease.